0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Savage with Silas podcast. Today is episode three, featuring our Australian bro, Kieran. I can't remember exactly when we stumbled on each other on Instagram, but it was several months back. One thing I've really appreciated about following him is that he is a multi-sport athlete who comes from a photography background. Kieran has always been very forthright and raw in the content that he shares. He's very honest with his audience about the experience of being an athlete, training, transitioning through life and difficulties that happen when we can't overcome a physical barrier. So today we will talk about the Spartan race, getting started in uh, obstacle course races, how we approach and fix functional problems in the body and overcoming mental barriers as well. If you like the show, please go ahead and like and subscribe to this. We upload new episodes every single week, so I will see you next week to talk with Miguel, a military trainer. One quick note before we get started is that this was originally a live Q and A on Instagram. So you will hear us at times talking to the audience. So don't be surprised if you hear a random mention to someone in the audience. If you have questions for Kieran or I, please feel free to find us on Instagram. You can find those links in the audio description. If you want to track us down as always stay savage and I will see you next week good i'm so sorry i think my wi-fi router just decided that today was nap time <laughs>
1: that's uh that's a part of it isn't it or is it thursday we're gonna be done for the week <laughs>
0: yeah i mean my brain definitely checked out a couple of days ago so it's time it's rest time for sure well you're 1 p.m there in melbourne
1: correct yep
0: yeah. awesome well cool i can see some sun shining through your window so i'm a little jealous of your weather
1: (laughs) it's actually well it'd be close to 30 degrees today
0: whoa okay maybe i'm not yeah
1: i think uh, my car was telling me i think it was 28 this morning uh when i was coming back from the gym so yeah it's a bit of a warm one today
0: dang well maybe it'll be nice to head into winter then (laughs) i guess pretty soon but yeah so for people who are in the audience this is karen if you're not following him you definitely should be um he is a multi-sport uh athlete friend human person and i recently discovered a photographer by trade which i didn't realize but definitely is evident in the stuff that you're posting now um and so i'm kind of actually curious because I, I was looking through your you're like really old posts and they're these really beautiful shots of, you know, water and and landscapes. And so I'm kind of curious, like what the transition was that happened between photography and like, and fitness content. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I I suppose that um, a lot of the landscape photography and all that sort of thing is all very much based on travel um and i I suppose the the real catalyst for you know the big the big shift into just posting fitness content um is obviously not being able to travel the covid locking us all down and all that sort of thing so um it it was also um like it was something that i always kind of wanted to do was to be more personal uh through social media and have a more accurate representation of how I actually live Um, because Mm -hmm. as I was posting all these kind of beautiful travel photos and stuff like that, a lot of people would ask me, you're all, like, they would say to me, like, how do you have so much holiday time? And it would actually be the sense that I was actually just posting photos from, you know, a trip that I did six months ago um, and that I was actually home at, you know, Doing work and all that sort of stuff, but it gave this, um, you know, unrealistic uh, view that I was always traveling um, and living that sort of lifestyle, which was something that I didn't really want to portray. I wanted to portray the more kind of day to day of how how I live, sort of thing. And fitness is a way for me to do that.
0: Well, that's great, and and definitely a lot more tangible for. You know, being being stuck inside. You know, there was there was this huge length of time where nobody could do anything really, and you know, mm-hmm. what what do you do when you're only at home? But I I can definitely see how that uh, daily like reality has really influenced your content now, um, and that's one thing that I've I've really enjoyed about following you is that it is so honest. Like, you know, I think a lot of us tend to kind of shy away from these harder subjects. Um, but the stuff that you're posting is so truthful about the experience of life, of being an athlete, even when it's not like the cute, pretty stuff or, you know, winning medals and, and running a million miles an hour like the bionic man. Um, and there, there was a video that you had posted just recently where you were talking about a lot of the struggles that you dealt with um, in terms of, of being an athlete, in terms of training, um, and so I think you've been definitely really successful in that. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious because you know I noticed, I think it was maybe a month ago you had made a reference to Spartan Race and I was like, oh like me too. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. also something that you know I'm, I'm thinking about and you know so with COVID, we can't really train quite as much, but it sounds like you've been doing Spartan for a while. Like, when did you originally start doing the the Spartan race?
1: Uh, my first ever Spartan race was in, uh, like, October November 2019. Um, okay. And then I followed up with one of those... About a month later, um, so I kind of did two back to back in uh, quick succession, and then another one in February of 2020, uh, and that was the like the last race um, that that ran uh, pre everything that happened. Um, there's only been one one race in Australia since then. Um, and we couldn't actually attend it from the state that I live in uh, because the borders, there was a hard border closure. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a couple of years now, but I've only, I've only raced three times. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's, um, it's like so frustrating to start something and then just immediately have to stop. No, and I, I in your in this video where you're talking about starting the the Spartan race process, you had mentioned um, like your knees and this this problem that you had physically that you had in the race, and so I'm I'm curious about um, in three races, like what did you really learn about um, obstacle course races, about your body, um, anything you took away from those?
1: Yeah, I think um, like before uh before actually doing that first ever race um Mm. i wasn't running at all um my body just i was convinced in myself that i was just not a runner i was not built to run um because every time i would run i would get these Mm. like really bad knee pains or really bad hip pains Mm. um and through the um through that first race it was a 13k race i made it probably uh six or seven k's into it and Mm -hmm. again my knees had just completely shot to the point where i couldn't run anymore Mm -hmm. um and i had to walk the rest of the race um and just think about uh, you know think about the pain that i was in and think about what um you know what that kind of meant for me sort of thing and Mm -hmm. I, i kind of came to the decision that um, it's all well and good to work a certain way or lift, you know, a certain weight in the gym, but in terms of overall health or overall fitness, um, you know, um, you know, without excruciating pain. So that was uh, like a turning point for me to actually get out and start running. Um, yeah which it's been a massive transformation since then. And it was really something that kind of carried me through that, um, that no gym lockdown period.
0: Right. So when the gyms Mm. were closed, that's when you were really spending a lot of time running.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I pretty much, uh, I, I suppose in, in between the point where, you know, I had that first race and, um, like I finished it, but I finished it walking. And over the next, uh, the next month up until the next race, the next race was only a five k, so it was quite, mm-hmm. quite easy. Like I could do that. Um, and we did it with a bunch of friends. It was just a bit of a fun kind of jog around, do the obstacles, etc. Sure. Um, but in between that time, even then, I was. Uh, getting on the bike and doing kind of non-impact work um, as well as at the same time doing a lot of strength work my glutes and fixing some imbalances there mm. stretching daily drinking more water and then as my as like the kind of pain subsided in my knees mm. I was starting to pick up running every second day sort of thing and then it just kind of gained momentum to the point where I was able to run quite efficiently.
0: Well, and it sounds like there were set, there were several different angles of trying to address that problem. Right. So like the functional training of actually fixing the source of the problem as well as actually applying it to the skill Right, so that mm. over time it wouldn't cause that same pain that it was causing initially. Were there any other um, imbalances or or lack of functions that you found while you were doing the obstacle courses?
1: Um, no, not particularly. That's uh, like the deficit mm. in my running was the the major thing for me. Mm. Uh. In terms of a lot of the other obstacles and all that sort of stuff, there's a lot of grit work, a lot of hanging, um, which uh, paired with my CrossFit training, I'm mm-hmm. reasonably proficient at. Uh, and so they're things that I've worked on in the past and um, are and, and not so much of a focus for my training now. My training now is more focused towards just getting faster. Mm-hmm
0: like getting over things more efficiently
1: well yeah and then just just run speed as well um that's that's probably the main thing
0: yeah that's definitely yeah. my area of struggle as well i can empathize with that i just don't mm-hmm. like cardio so i can empathize with avoidance um yeah, yeah one of the, you you mentioned something about like grip and hanging and this is something that i'm quite curious about because that that's a big weakness that i see for me for other athletes and you know like Spartan and a lot of the obstacle course races are so grip heavy. Now what mm-hmm. do you usually do during uh during your training to help with grip?
1: So the majority of my grip by stuff, um like from Olympic lifting and deadlifting, uh it's extremely grip intensive. But I suppose taking it up another notch if you really want to focus on grip, or doing things like dead hangs, um, so just hanging off the bar for extended periods of time, um, and like say if you are deadlifting, going like either touch and go or doing RDLs where you don't actually touch the ground, and you're staying in that um, uh, like you're staying with the grip the entire time. Uh, whether it be for 40, 45 seconds um, for a set sort of thing, if you're hanging on to uh, you know 120 kilos for that long, it's going to really burn out your grip by the end of it. And when it comes to transferring that over into a race, like if you've got to uh, like whether it's monkey bars or um, rope climbing. Uh, the hoist sort of thing that's kind of all it's all going to become easier with that repetitive heavy training
0: that's great yeah like oh (laughs) our hungarian friend has just arrived that's funny i was actually about to bring that up but yeah those are really great tips because i usually end up doing dead hangs but i haven't ever actually experimented with holding on to weight at the top of the move so i'm gonna have to Mm -hmm. give that a go i'm gonna steal that little that little tip um yeah yeah, he had a really interesting question (laughs) i'm curious what your response is a
1: healthy competition
0: oh yes i actually i would pay money to watch this he uh so for people in the audience who don't know there's a friendly rivalry (laughs) that's going on um he asks this question is who's the better swimmer hungarians or australians
1: well the answer is obvious Um, and there's (laughs) plenty of australians that i can see that are uh, watching in as well so (laughs) it's definitely australians
0: fair well i mean australia has more access to water
1: i um i quite literally grew up in the ocean so um yeah open water swimming is uh is something that i was just kind of born into really yeah nice uh, I think but sounds- yeah we're um <laughs> we, we're going to settle, uh, settle this one with a race. As soon as we can uh, travel to the same location, uh, there'll be an open swim race, open water swimming race between the two of us.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Well, <laughs> um, aside from friendly competition, you know, among, among friends, um, there was a, a question from somebody that I think you'll have really great feedback on He was asking what some of the rewards of the Spartan race are, like when when we do finish an an OCR, like what are some of the mental and physical benefits of actually completing it?
1: I think um, the same as going through any sort of tough workout or hard run, um, you you're taking that uh that feeling of um overcoming something difficult but then you're putting you know you're putting the hot iron on it sort of thing because there's so many other people that are doing the same thing. There's people, you know, cheering you on at the finish line, whether you know them or not, everyone's cheering and it really kind of puts a highlight on the fact of what you've just gone through uh has been really difficult and that you should be really proud of what you've achieved. Um I think, yeah, the same the same as any other event that you do in that manner, whether it be a triathlon or marathon, you train for so long for these things and then, you know, you put in that hard work with so many other people on the day that you can't help but um at the at the end of it just yeah, you it's a great feeling, that, yeah. It's. It is really hard to describe um, exactly what kind of feeling it is, but um, that that elation is just, yeah, it's unbeatable, really.
0: Sure, like it. It sounds like there's been a lot of a lot of other people. So uh, we tend to. I mean, at least for me, I tend to be super focused on solo training and really only, I mean, maybe it's because I'm not a native Korean speaker and, you know, I'm I'm surrounded by um, non-native English speakers. Um, Mm -hmm. So I tend to feel quite isolated, but something that I've noticed both in what you had just said and a lot of your posts before is that it sounds like there's this really supportive community of people that are, are, bolstering one another and helping one another you know how did how did you meet this community that you're uh involved in
1: um so i suppose the the group that is closely around me and they're the ones that actually kind of convinced me to go along to my first spartan race um they're a group of friends that i met through a challenge at the the local gym um, a few of them are, are trainers there, um, and other people just, um, are part of the group. They were doing the sessions as well. Um, yeah, and we just kind of hit it off. They, they were kind of already a group of friends. Some of them had a family relation and all that sort of thing. And they just welcomed me into the group. <laughs> and said, so, you know, we're going to do the Spartan race in uh, a few weeks where we have got, ho- got a hotel, house, uh, cetera, come on down and mm-hmm. give it a try. You'd be really good at it. And so I did, and that was kind of the, the beginning of what is now a really close uh, community of friends.
0: That's really amazing, like having mm. the opportunity to build something together. Right, and and move hmm. forward, and you have support because sometimes life gets challenging, training gets challenging, you know. And we don't always want to talk about those like days that we're just on the grind, and it doesn't yeah. feel good always to be on the grind. So it's super nice to have you know people around that that have your back in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah but for
0: somebody that's just starting out, like if if anybody is wanting to get into an OCR like what would your top recommendation for them be where should they start
1: definitely like the two things that we've spoken about already uh Mm -hmm. grip is massive and just be an efficient runner um prepare Mm -hmm. for hills hills is gonna always be a uh, a thing um when it comes to any sort of uh obstacle course race particularly spartan Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's da- that is a good point. I have a lack in hamstring strength. Well, I did. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> hills are truly terrifying when the hammies are not are not super b- ripped or buff. But yeah, yeah that's been really cool. When, do you know when the next Spartan race is for you guys in, in Aus?
1: Yeah, Yeah, so there'll be one going ahead in a few weeks at the end, end of the month. Um, I can't get to that one at this stage, Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, but I'll be getting the one, uh, the month after that. Okay. So I've got two, two two uh, back to back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yep. So very excited for that. Very excited to get back into it. Um, and yeah, I think, um, to touch on what you were saying before, like with, uh, you, you not having a group around you that speak, uh, English or having that close supportive, uh, mm-hmm. thing and to tie that into what's so good about Spartan Race and CrossFit and all that sort of thing is that mm-hmm. a burpee looks the same in any language sort of thing. So everyone knows exactly how hard it is, like regardless of what language you speak. Um, if you're all doing the same workout, which is quite prevalent through that crossfit style training or through an event like spartan race Mm -hmm. everyone knows exactly how hard it was and Mm so there doesn't have to be this verbal communication uh, of support you kind of gain that through the movement sort of thing and through the hard work as opposed to being able to directly communicate it yeah that's a really good point
0: there's I think there's room for physical communication as well. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do that because what my a little bit of my story here, I know you're the focus just for some background. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah. I started training for the Spartan Race uh, three or four months before Corona hit and Korea was mm-hmm. hit very early. So I think we had our first case in January of last year um, yeah. and the race was meant to be in April but we never made it to the race. Mm -hmm. They rescheduled Mm -hmm. it, canceled it again. And now we just kind of have no idea when they're coming back. You know, so we, uh, a couple of friends and I here have just kind of kept training and kept going, you know, and we're we're not going to give up on it anytime soon. It's, Mm. I haven't had that chance quite yet to really face all of the obstacles. And so I'm really psyched for it. <laughs> I'm curious when that's going to actually arrive. You know, so fingers mm. crossed it'll be soon. But I'm glad they're coming back for you guys. And, you know, all that hard work can, can actually pay off. And, yeah, yeah. I, I think looking for the tribe, looking for the people that are also, you know, going through the same thing, even if we can't necessarily have a conversation with each other, you know, it's a really important thing a really good place to start with support yeah. for sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, so where is uh where are you guys at with um like your lockdown situation are you still in that position or are you back able to train in gyms where where are you at that
0: yeah our gyms are open uh-huh. they're at 50 percent capacity which is fine because i go like insanely early in the morning so nobody's there but uh yeah we're at we're at half capacity so usually there's some other people around um mm. yeah the crossfit gyms are quite far from me uh, but i did actually go to one recently and people were super mm-hmm. nice and they made a huge effort to just like I, you know i would use my broken korean and they would use like their kind of you know the knowledge they have in english so yeah, yep. I think there's I think there's hopeful beginnings, some hopeful little uh, nuggets that we can actually like find some people, find some support and community. And, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's pivotal. So you've been training basically since you were a kid. You know, started swimming, started working out uh, older.
1: Yeah, I mean, like swimming for me, uh, like I did. I did a lot of surf saving as a kid and so swimming wasn't really a workout as such for me it was just fun it was a part of day-to-day life um and i was never uh, like I, i didn't race or do swim club or anything like that it was just for the love of being in the ocean and catching waves and all that sort of thing um it then kind of progressed to the point where i started doing surf life saving as a job Mm-hmm. And so that meant that I had to kind of pick up that training a little bit as well. Um, but, but even then, like my fitness was never at a really super elite level. It wasn't uh, until a few years down the track that I kind of got into CrossFit mm-hmm. that, um, that I really started chasing uh, chasing numbers, I suppose, in terms of athleticism.
0: Mm-hmm. Chasing games. <laughs> yeah. Well, and th- that's great because I think it's easier to—not that it's ever easy—but it's easier if we have like previous experience to transition into, you know, some kind of training regimen and find other people mm-hmm. who can help us help us gain some gain some skills. It's hard to do alone, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. That's really amazing. Yeah, it,
1: it really depends what is on. Um, t- yeah, it really depends Sorry. on. Um, <laughs> The way you've um, the way you've kind of grown up and all that sort of thing. If you don't have that uh, like natural athletic ability, it can be extremely hard just to go out. Like even for someone to get a program off the internet and go to the gym and do their squats, do this, do that. If they don't have that basic kind of functional patterns down pat then all of those things, like you can forget about getting under a barbell if you don't know how to get up and down off the ground in an efficient manner, um, there's there's no way you should be putting weight on your back sort of thing. So if, you know, if you are starting out and that sort of thing, I would definitely recommend finding a coach and really stripping back down to the basics, swallowing whatever ego that you might have. and Yeah.
0: Yes, I definitely think form form over form over weight. There's probably a, a like cuter way to say that, but definitely focusing on 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 those muscle imbalances. You know, it's funny how often as a coach and, you know, talking with athletes it's funny how often muscle imbalance and functional inabilities come up in conversation because they just cause so many problems and it can be something you know as simple as lack of ankle mobility and then everything everything upward gets shifted and so yeah, yeah going from going from zero to training all of those like neurological patterns all of that muscle memory it can take time for sure so I'm glad those were in place from from the start. I'm horribly bad at swimming, so I'm, I'm yeah. a little jealous of the of the open access to the water. But that's awesome. Uh, this has been really insightful for me. And uh, do you know LTB?
1: <laughs> yes, that, that's my brother. Like Lake H is where we uh, we grew up. So we literally grew up on the water, um, like right next to the ocean. So absolutely blessed for the you know four or five months of the year that it's warm, uh, because that's literally all there is to do in uh, Lake Taia's Beach is go to the beach. There's not much else going on.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I was just wondering. I saw that comment pop up. I was like, "That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool." Oh, that's really cool. I mean, I don't regret living in the forest at all. That does sound Mm. pretty nice.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, look, there's pros and cons to everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Even for for those people that grew up in the city and all that sort of thing. I mean, you don't have the access or the ready access to the natural beauty that we do, Mm -hmm. um, but you do have ready access to a lot better education, a lot better sporting opportunities, coaching opportunities and all that sort of thing so there's pros and cons to everything
0: it's actually a really good point Mm. pros and cons to life (laughs) life itself so there was one last question i wanted to ask you because this this is something that i've seen a lot in your posts and something that i think about quite a lot and um you're very good at talking about the mental game, which is something that I think about, but I'm not really ever sure how to, you know, exactly put into words. Um, How do you overcome like these mental barriers to things? Like uh, one thing you had talked about was an incident that had happened and it took a long time to come back from that incident. There were, you know, issues with training and, and things like that. So in these events where things have gone like not the way that we planned or something terrible occurs, you know, what, what's the mental game there?
1: Yeah. I, a lot of that um, comes from, oh, it, it's something that has to be trained mm. and there was a long time and I don't do it as much now. But a long time training with no music, no headphones, uh, and just quite literally listening to the sound of your own voice as you kind of go through all these um, all these sessions. Um, Excuse me for a second. Sure. Um, <laughs> as, as you go through all these sessions. Um, uh, you know, funny little things kind of pop up about yourself um, and a thought process that, you know, you might start telling yourself that you can't do something or that in, for whatever reason um, you don't have the ability to uh, take something on or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And one way that, and oh, it's still a technique that I use now and because it's absolutely true, is that I'll stop myself from thinking that by uh, using a a short saying, which is just been through worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just a reminder that the pain that I'm feeling in that moment or that feeling of wanting to give up on whatever it is that I'm doing is nothing compared to pain that I've experienced previously. And if Mm -hmm. I could get through the pain that I experienced previously, that mm. I can sure as help get through whatever it is, like whatever this workout is that I'm going mm. through at the moment.
0: Sure. Mm. Like self awareness. Well it's it's almost meditative. It sounds quite meditative. Like taking that opportunity to listen to our internal dialogue and know what it is that's going on in there. Because self doubt is the is the enemy of progress, right? And so hearing mm. That voice, it's just like, no, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Or this burns, which is frequently what mine (laughs) tries to say. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, it hurts. But Mm. knowing, yeah, knowing that thought process that's going on in the head to pay attention, to be able to combat it. And yeah, I'm probably going to steal that been through worse i i can't remember who originally said it i know it's a really classic saying i always liked the one uh, this too shall pass like temporary pain it, it'll eventually subside and go into something else so it doesn't have to be long term and it's not permanent so i can suffer for 30 more seconds or even 30 more minutes you know sometimes so we'll said yeah,
1: that's exactly right yep yeah
0: well this has been really really fun and in what's the word i'm looking for educational (laughs) i can't think of words today but it's been very fun and educational for me um yeah thank you so much for coming this is i'm glad we could align our schedules and talk to people glad to meet your brother for a moment there too (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. he'll still be uh hanging around somewhere probably in the background unless he's dropped out he should be uh should be at work, but uh, who knows?
0: Maybe he's like hiding he's, in the bathroom I, stall.
1: Yeah, hopefully, boss isn't on there as well. Oh
0: no, <laughs> this is a different account. I promise. <laughs> well, cool. I hope yep, that no, you guys have a good day, and thanks so much. <laughs>
1: cool. Uh, I'll see you. My right pleasure. Now. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll chat soon.
0: Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, have a good Bye, time.
0: guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.
1: See
0: ya. Thank you for coming to Savage with Silas. Next week, we have Miguel, a military trainer, who is going to share with us some interesting stories and details from training army dudes. So this should be a really fun experience. Tune in next week and you'll see what it's all about. Bye bye.